0: Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Monday, June 1st. S&P futures are trading down about six points. That's just about 20 basis points. Asia saw very strong gains across the board, and Europe is rallying about 60 basis points. So there are a lot of moving pieces this morning, um, a lot of buckets of news to kind of go through. So the primary catalyst for the Asian gains were Trump's uh, comments Friday afternoon on Hong Kong and China, which also helped rally U.S. stocks, remember, in the last hour of trading on Friday Um, You know, generally, I think the the near term policy actions, the specific policy actions such as withdrawing from the WHO were thought to be very minor, innocuous for the most part. And then the more severe policy, um, you know, retaliatory measures were very vague as far as timing and severity, et cetera. So I think the market took to speech as, you know, Trump and the White House attempting to kind of, um, you know, Play both sides in that they had uh, relatively bellicose rhetoric, but you know relatively mild policy announcements. So, you know, I think the takeaway initially from that was it was a near-term positive. Bloomberg crossed an article this morning at about 4 a.m., and that's what hit the U.S. futures. If you look at the chart, although they've since rebounded, talking about how China has ordered some large state-controlled agricultural companies to reduce purchases of U.S. goods for the time being in response to rising tensions um you know the article is relatively vague it's unclear kind of um you know how much they've been asked to reduce if it's an outright halt etc there are other purchases occurring in china from private companies as well um you know i think for the most part both sides are attempting to keep geopolitics separate from economics Geopolitic, geopolitical tensions certainly are escalating the economic tensions which escalated in 2019 and eased towards the end of last year um you know i think for the most part you're trying to keep both of those realms separate. Now obviously that's going to be difficult to do if the geopolitical tensions escalate far enough they will clearly encompass economics, but i think the market views these as being kind of separate on separate tracks for now, which is why there's been relative calm um despite you know a lot of issues lately with hong kong and and some other topics between us and china. So that's the main issue in asia. The uh, PMIs that we got for for May, the May manufacturing PMIs, um, were not necessarily terrific. They weren't necessarily awful either. Um, I don't really think that is a catalyst for the strength that we're seeing and that we saw in Asia and that we're seeing in Europe and then and then in the U.S. as well. Um, You know, China was mixed. The MBS manufacturing PMI was underwhelming. The Haitian PMI was a little bit better. The other countries in Asia are kind of flat to up versus April. But again, April was a disastrous month. So I think the market anticipated you'd see some rebound. Um, You know, you are, again, you're seeing signs of recovery from the trough levels of early April. Um, You know, the problem is the market's already pricing in, especially in the U.S., a full recovery to pre- Coronavirus um, economic activity levels, and that's that's the real issue. So, the PMIs to me, including in the final European number, um, are really nothing to get excited about. Nothing to necessarily get incrementally negative about either. Um, although the China numbers, again, China is the furthest from um, the you know it, it's had the most months since the the uh, most acute phases of its coronavirus crisis, and there are some signs that um, you know its recovery is stalling out a little bit. So. Again, the PMI struck me as knee jerk neutral, um, not really the catalyst behind the Asian strength. The protests in the US are obviously a huge area of focus, um, dominating all the media in the US. Um, you know, I think the market's takeaway, and this is just purely from an objective perspective from uh, the point of view of the market, I think they view this as a net positive for Trump's political prospects, which is why the reaction, the knee jerk reaction last night when the futures opened initially was lower. And then they kind of rallied back pretty uh, in, a, in a pretty strong fashion. Um, you know, you had another poll out over the weekend Washington Post, ABC showing Biden with a very healthy lead. Every poll, a lot of all the major polls have shown Biden with a very healthy lead, um, a consistent lead, higher than the margin of error, and better than where Clinton was polling at this point in 2016. So all the polling data up till now I, you know, shows that Biden is the front runner at this point in time, in which In which case, you also then have to call into question control of the Senate. So, you know, you could be looking at a complete transfer of political power in November based on the current polling numbers. And then there was an article in the Journal over the week and just talking about how, you know, Democrats um, are going to be pushing forward to the extent they were to take power with their tax agenda, despite, um, you know, despite the current economic environment. So I think markets are were concerned, are concerned about, um, you know, a possible shift in the political environment next year. And so I think the knee-jerk reaction again, um, you know, after just one weekend, is that what's occurring in, in major cities in the U.S. is a net political positive for Trump, um, which is why I think the reaction in markets is the way that we, you know is 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 how we're uh, interpreting it. Um, those were kind of the major themes and trends. Uh, so you had economic data, like I said, you had the uh, U.S.-China tensions and Trump's com- remarks on Friday, and then you have protests. Um, you know, stimulus is still obviously a very powerful tailwind. So, German Germany's government is going to announce an economic recovery stimulus plan. This is for Germany specifically. Remember the EU last week unveiled the 750 billion euro plan for the EU overall. Germany will unveil one for itself later this week worth about 75 to 80 billion, not not huge, but again, you know, you continue to see fiscal stimulus announcements. So you have Germany coming up, South Korea and Thailand both had fiscal stimulus announcements. And then the ECB this Thursday is expected to, again, boost this PEPP, which is its coronavirus specific bond buying fund by another half trillion euros. So stimulus clearly is an enormous tailwind for the market. Um, again, my, my gripe remains the same that you have a tape, especially in the U.S., you're pricing in already a full recovery in earnings, a full recovery in economic activity, and you're putting a very elevated multiple on those recovered earnings. Um, and so to me, again, all the news about uh, about what that uh, you see about economic data rebounding, um, that you see about possible progress on coronavirus uh, vaccines, et cetera, all that is already embedded in the market. Um, and so you just have very, very little room for, for any type of error. Um, and there are clearly a lot of uh, you know storm clouds on the horizon, risks out there, including China, including the election. Um, you know the U.S. fiscal cliff I think is a huge issue, where you have these unemployment benefits that are supposed to expire at the end of July. You had the one-time checks that are in the process of being spent. That was an enormous boost to the economy. Um, you know you've seen a lot of statistics about how the com- the combined fiscal payments actually resulted in a net payment increase or a net income increase for a lot of people in this country despite astronomical levels of unemployment. So event, you know it, it was an enormous boost to the economy that's all due to kind of run out and expire. Now Congress is working on a fifth stimulus bill and it could include some extenders, but there is that fiscal cliff that um, you know, is looming out there in in over the summer. Um, so that is the setup for today on the calendar for this week um a lot of economic data so you know we already got the manufacturing uh, manufacturing pmis from asia and europe we get the us ism manufacturing ism this morning um you have the us jobs report out this friday the ecb like i said before on thursday where they're expected to boost that bond buying fund um you have a couple of earnings reports um nothing too dramatic avago uh, is on thursday night that will be interesting for semiconductors uh, Moderna, mRNA, obviously one of the critical names in the race to find a vaccine. They're holding their annual science day tomorrow, tomorrow, Tuesday, June 2nd. Um, so that'll be interesting to watch. OPEC had scheduled a meeting for June 9th to 10th. It looks like they may bring that forward to June 4th. Um, and they are expected to extend the current production schedules um, for another one to three months. So as it stands right now, the cuts are due to ease. In July, but uh, you know, media reports suggest that they're going to extend them for another one to three months. So um, that that is, uh, you know, obviously a benefit for oil. So that is everything for today. Uh, thank you for listening.